1: Pete Vecchi, I am the associate pastor from Christway Community Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. Reverend Don McDonald, P. Mack, is the pastor of Danforth Reformed Church, Danforth, Illinois. Reverend Josh Kugel is the pastor of First Baptist of Lyman in Gulfport, Mississippi. As we like to say, we're the number one rated broadcast, podcast, I should say, of pastors from Mississippi, Ohio, and Illinois. So we're glad that you're joining us today. And we are discussing the topic today, I guess the title that we're kind of settling on for right now, this could change before we uh, we actually put it up out there for the podcast for people to read. But what we started out calling it is Discussing Christian Nationalism. And boy, doesn't that open up a big can of worms sometimes. I think that there are even questions about what is christian nationalism i think some people define it one way other people define it other ways and uh it just seems to be causing a lot of controversy especially here in the united states and especially over the past uh several years Uh, is that kind of how you guys see it as well
0: yeah uh right right around well before the last election a new slur came around in politics and uh It generally went from the left to right, and they used to call people Christian nationalists if they, uh, for for several reasons. But it was intended to shame, to call into question, to that kind of thing. But I want to look at first of all, if we look at what Christian nationalism, you're right, Pete. Nobody can describe it. Um, They all kind of describe it, but it depends on their definition depends on whether they're trying to make somebody look bad or trying to make a case for something. But nationalism is the belief that uh, a kind of or devotion to your country or that your country should act independently rather than collectively with other countries. And so the idea you have up front is that we understand the church is not a nationalist organization. It's something for all people that belong to the faith. And so if we act in favor of our nation rather than the whole church, which includes other nations, we may be missing what God intended for us. And then Christian, obviously, is like Christ. So the idea then is that you want your nation's government to run like Christ would have it run or according to Christ's rules, understanding, everything like that. And, um, you know, the, the idea that comes from that is because we're Christians and because other people weren't, aren't Christians, Why would we want to force them to live under Christian rule? Uh, Why would we want our government to favor Christianity when they're not Christians? And so now you get to this idea where we have a disagreement about whether it would be good for our nation to reflect Christian values and Christian laws. Or to understand that we have a, a society that's very pluralistic and should not favor anyone faith, or religion. So that's where we'll start from, I guess. But Don, go ahead and uh, add wisdom.
2: I <laughs> my, my mind's racing to about 3,000 places, so I'm, I'm trying to slow it down because, you know, the theology of the Reformed Church is all about God's elect. And when you study the history of those who came over from the Netherlands into the United States, it used to be we would, it was a theology of we are going to build the city on the hill whose light will shine forth. And so you, you almost get a feel from some of the theology of, you know, colonial America and, and the Dutch Reformed Church at that time, Dutch Reformed, um, that it had built into it almost a nationalism to it. So that there, there is that, that what I would call history in America of nationalism that was a part of its DNA. And it seems to me, you know, as we walk farther away from history, and maybe I'm biased in my mind and in my perspective, I think we're walking farther and farther away from how this nation was founded on, in many ways, Christian principles. Um, and, and so you know, it's interesting that in, in my breath and my scope of looking over, you know, some of the readings on Christian nationalism, it's almost as if we're going back to the revolutionary American wartime of the role of the church and its ministers and, and nationalism in that way. So it's it's interesting that we're revisiting an issue that's been a part of our DNA for a long time. Um uh, that's sort of where, where I'm looking at it is from a historical viewpoint.
1: I see people, as you said, Don, walking away from it. Um, Josh, I guess the question I might have that I'd like to ask, and maybe you do or don't have an answer for this, is what you described as far as um, you know what's best for the country um, and wanting to do God's will. How would you kind of differentiate between what you're seeing is how you would have defined christian nationalism and living under a theocracy what would you say the difference might be is that kind of way off base from where you're going with
0: no i think it's i think it's valid um progressive christians um don't like this whole idea they 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 use this slur as well i call it a slur because it's used to shame someone or, or reduce their their input um, but they' they're part one of their one of their contentions is we're not saved by our works. And so if the government reflects Christian works, that's not going to save people necessarily. Um, but the the other contention is about borders and everything too. Um, but a theocracy is something that uh, is not given with the the will of the people. The understanding is that as Christians, we should be voting. And so it would require popular vote to install it and to keep it going, which would be a reflection of the nation we're becoming. So the the, 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 the call is of, of a proper understanding or a positive understanding of this is I love my country. I recognize that God's way is the best way. And so I'm going to vote for it. I'm going to go to the schools and expect it and push for it. I'm going to go in my communities and I'm going to push for it and expect it. And, and my hope is that my community, my local government, my schools, then the federal government will reflect the principles that God has put into place. So how is it different? Well, in Iran, you don't have a say. Um, here, we're hoping to develop a majority population, or at least the church should stand up and say, this is what we're working for. And if you want me to be ashamed because you're not a Christian and I'm voting for Christian candidates and I'm protesting at a uh, abortion clinic or something like that i don't care try to shame me because this is best and and to think about it if we know god's way is best and and i think this is a basic christian understanding god's way is perfect every other way falls short and leads to death every other way other than god's leads to heartache and death so if i know the best way why would i work for anything that leads to death just because i want to tolerate somebody else instead if i love my neighbor even if he's not a christian i would want our community to be set up in a way that god would want it to be set up because it is the best way not because it's going to save him although if our nation begins to reflect christian values i think churches may have a lot more opportunity to share gospel and stuff like that but it's not going to save him but it's best if we follow christian values people say well no it's not well okay let's Okay. Is murder okay? Well, that's one of the Christian values. And we benefit from not stealing. We benefit from uh, most of our, our charity movements and laws and everything are based on Christian values, Judeo-Christian values. And what it really gets to is I don't want to worship God. Well, okay, we're not going to force you to. We're just setting it up to where it's, if, if majority Christian nation votes for majority Christian government, it begins to reflect the the goodness of God. And the, as a Christian, I cannot understand why if I know the way God wants it to be, why I would push for anything less than that. Because everything less than God's way leads to death. Um and you look at it our culture, would we not benefit today from having Christian values? <laughs> a government well, I think that provides... so. <laughs> you know, a government that promotes, uh, married families. Um, I I don't know
2: the care of the, but
0: like you said about something else, people have gotten this idea and this word and they've co-opted language around it and they've pushed it to political sides. And now it's really contentious. It, It shouldn't be for Christians. Christians should always vote for God's way. I mean, how, how dumb to, you know what? Um, because I love my neighbor and he's a Hindu, I'm going to vote for a secular government. Are you kidding me? How, does that, how is that loving? But all right, Don.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, when, when I'm reflecting on theocracy and then you look at America and democracy and, and you're sort of looking over those pictures. And then you look over, you know, the Christian nationalism and all the above it's a fascinating dance in America because of the way we're set up with freedom of speech and freedom of religion. And, and we have all that there, that there needs to be, and this is my frustration more than anything else. We have, usurped. souped. We have stopped the conversation of what's best for America to work as we look at all of these different, opinions that are actually diametrically opposed to each other. So here we said, and when we're looking over Christian nationalism, you know, the truth of the matter is when you look at all the different histories, and I guess I'm going to be historical, this one for a podcast, um, you'll see how powerful the presence of Christian values was in the founding of the country. You'll see how powerful it is, you know, when you look at Salvation Army and the work it does to care for the poor and the needy that that started, you know, with with Booth and the movement of wanting Christ to be in the center of everything. And somehow in the process, um, we've managed to and I've heard Pete, you say it multiple times that the more secular we become, the less Christian we are. And, and I totally agree with that precept, that thought. Um, and yet we have people who are reaching out saying, wait a minute, if if we go back to, you know, Christian viewpoint, if we go back to these things, how much better we will be, you know, how much better we'll, we'll want to, even we're called to love our enemy and hear their voice. We're called to, you know, care for those who are, not being able to care for themselves. I mean, look at the power and the beauty of the Christian faith. Um, so when I'm looking over this whole Christian nationalism, you know, the problem is even in America, and I'll say it this way, even in America, the Christian culture can't agree on what culture is right now.
1: Well, and I think that too, uh, when you talk about the secularism and stuff, I think you're right on a the point there, Don. Um, one of the things that I think has happened is that the secular culture and the political culture have kind of co-opted terms that have been historically Christian. So for instance, the word love, you need to love somebody. Well, does that mean that you just let them do what they want? Or love is love, Pete. Love yeah, is love. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Love is meaning love is meaning to wanting the well being of the other. That is what love is. And so it doesn't mean if you disagree with what they do, if you disagree with their lifestyle, that you hate them. And that's kind of the way it's gotten. Another thing that Christian nationalism is pushing is that people who want a certain thing, and usually it has to do with people who are on the political right, the political left will say that people are worshiping the, the candidates I don't see that. Well, I mean, some do. Don't don't misunderstand me. Some, I think, really do almost worship candidates. But that doesn't mean that they're being Christian about it, you know? If they're worshiping a candidate, that is not a Christian attitude.
0: Um, and also that they worship their nation. Sure, is, is, sure. That's the second part of that, yeah.
1: Sure. And then, you know, so many other things have been co-opted. Look at how the rainbow has been co-opted. The rainbow is a sign that God gave after the flood in, in Genesis. And the rainbow has been a sign of God's promise. And now the the, the, the uh rainbow has been co-opted co-opted. Look at words, look at terminology in the in the culture, just in the English language. Um, remember there was a term that was used to pre- to uh, talk about the 1890s. I remember as a kid, they used to talk about the gay 90s, the 1890s. If you try to say something about the gay 90s now, people will think, first of all, the 1990s, and they think that you're trying to be um, anti-homosexual. You know, I mean, that's that's just kind of the way things have gotten. So So terms have changed. Words have changed. It goes to kind of like what we talked about in a previous context when we were talking about how the Bible um, is is misunderstood because of the way terms have changed. So um, this, it, it, I, I want to go along the line of saying this. I don't worship any human being who is in a political office, I don't worship any human being. I mean, Jesus Christ was fully human, fully, fully God. Of course. Yeah. I worship Jesus, but I don't worship any political leader.
2: Gets me thinking it's, it's because really when, when you look over scripture, there's a warning that not to, as it were, worship wisdom in and of itself, you know, that that was a warning that was out there. And and I think when we look over ideological ideas, sometimes those ideologies become an idol unto themselves, you know, which, which is a concern, you know, I've always voiced. And I, I think you need to have the ability to think for yourself and not just get locked into one ideology. I, I think that's so important, but I'm old. We don't really do that anymore. <laughs> Um, you know, it's like baby bath water. We throw it all out or we accept it all. And, and to me, you know, when, when I'm thinking about Christian nationalism, you almost have that sense of it's all this or it's nothing. And it's like that, that is really where we're at as, as a culture. It's all this or it's nothing. And, and, you know, in my mind, I don't think, and just sort of putting the pieces together in my head. I don't think Christian nationalism <laughs> in intent is wrong. It's just the question of application.
0: Yeah. Well, part of the slur, and it's what we do with everything. Um, we, you, you guys are familiar with the term straw man. Mm-hmm. Um, where sure, go ahead and define create, that though. Well, you you create the opposition's opinion and then you tear it down, but you you don't really use you you make an easy to tear down representation of what they believe, and then you proceed to tear that down. Like, um, what's a good example would be, uh, you know, Pete, you like Ohio State because uh, they they wear red jerseys, and I think that red is a dumb color, so you therefore are dumb. Because you like Ohio State because they wear red jerseys. Now that's not a proper representation of you and the reason you like Ohio State. that may not be the best example.
1: Yeah because I, I mean I like Ohio State, but I'm not
0: a huge fan either <laughs> but well the, it, j- just an example but yeah, you, I, understand. You, I understand you voted for Trump and I, I don't know that you did um, but you voted for Trump because uh, you worship him and that's the only reason that you did. Um, or something that may not be the best but you're what you're doing is you're creating a straw man of what the person believe or what they do and you're which would be a representation of their opinion that you've poorly defined or you've easily defined or and then you're tearing that down rather than going at what they actually believe and with, with christian nationalism these people worship the flag nobody worships the flag um people respect it more than other people but they worship their nation now not really but i love my country um and i don't think there's anything wrong with it i think that's godly to love your country and to believe for the best for your country I have a responsibility here he put me here he called me here um you love you you worship the politician you worship no or you worship the law because you want it to reflect i i don't know people say this about everything you worship the bible <laughs> i don't know but this is what tribal people do they have to represent the opposition in a way that they can that they can destroy and a lot of times they'll do it in a in an easy to take down manner um, in, instead of really engaging with what's actually going on on the other side and so christian nationalism is really uh depending on how you define it and it's really poorly defined but it could be a really godly thing um but it's become a slur that only represents people who worship their country people who hate outsiders people who uh hate people that aren't christian people who think the law saves you I, it's all this kind of stuff and and the hope is and, and do episodes like this or when people talk about it is that we recognize sure it can be taken to a really bad extreme sure if what i do is what you're describing which nobody does or very few people do i know some people that with trump that i think look at him too highly and it probably borderlines on unhealthy but i don't know anybody that has a shrine in their home that they bow down and worship trump um so i think people have i don't think people worship the flag but the other side says well that's all it is is worship of country and worship." And I just think they misrepresent in order to, and we do this with everything, so it's no surprise here. But they're misrepresenting the case, the the what it is, what's happening, in order to tear down the opposition. Um, and it's just a very poor, very uncharitable way to to argue with somebody. It's like saying every Democrat cannot be a Christian, but but let's look at there are some people in the Democrat Party who have things that they're searching for, that they're hoping for, that they really get from Scripture. And I probably need to at least look at a little bit just to, you know, instead of, and it's, and it's, it's just what we do when we're tribal.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Well,
0: you know, just for the record,
1: I mean, when I first gave my entire life to Christ, I was very much part of the Democrat Party, you know? I mean, I gave my life to Christ. Um, I, I remained Democrat for several years I did finally change to Republican because only Republicans can be Christian. No, I'm just joking about that. <laughs> but um but seriously, it, um, it has it has to do sometimes with how do you view different aspects of the Bible? I mean, the Bible does talk about things, the Democrats for instance, and I don't want to make this all political, but the Democrats tend to talk more about um feeding the poor and 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 you know meeting the needs of those who are down and out. Uh, less than the republicans do that doesn't mean that the republicans don't but i'm just saying that's the that's the um perception anyway and it's the driving so,
0: force behind a lot of it too
1: right and that's what yeah. i'm saying is so the so if, if somebody comes to christ and they're in that kind of culture where that's what they've been looking at they might be looking at the words that jesus said about feeding the poor and and, and, and clothing the naked and visiting the sick and imprisoned those are all part of scripture, folks. I mean, that's not a Democrat or Republican thing. That is a that is a gospel thing. And and there are things that the Republicans will look at more often. You know, I look at the whole pro-life situation, you know, where 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 Jesus tells us to stand up for the least of these. Um, That's more of a Republican side of things. And here again, I'm talking about politics, not because I'm trying to say Democrats are worse than Republicans or Republicans are better than Democrats. I'm trying to say that so often these biblical issues have been co-opted by politicians and by philosophies Uh that we, we, we miss it. And it's not, Josh, I like the way you said it. It's not that people worship Donald Trump. Any more than I think people worship Barack Obama. That was a thing that went out uh, uh-huh. back when Obama was president, that yeah. people said that people that there were those who were worshiping him. I don't yeah. see that. I mean, again, as you said, there might be extreme cases where those things do happen for both Barack Obama and Donald Trump. I don't, but that's not what I'm seeing when we're talking about Christian nationalism. Uh,
2: I think the question I'm sitting here asking in my own head is, how do we as Christians navigate through all these waters? Really, because, you know, how do we, you know, because the question we're really addressing is our political platforms. You know, Democrats are over here, Republicans are over here, and somehow in the midst of all this, we as Christians are called to hold, to go with the words higher standards When it comes with how we live and breathe christ in our country and and how that is experienced and i think you know part of it is you know how do we as preachers preach to empower god's people to make a difference you know in this country um that that's one of the questions i ask every time i get ready to preach is how will this empower people to be the voice of christ in our world today? That's one of the key questions I ask when I'm preaching and teaching. I sort of got it from Dr. DeCryder where I grew up at Christ Church of Oakbrook. He used to always say, and I remember it like it was yesterday, and he, a couple of times he said it from the pulpit. I was surprised he was that brazen. He, he always said, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican here in DuPage County. What I do care about is how do you bring Christ into the boardroom? how do you bring christ into the board of education how do you bring christ and you know and and that to me you know when i'm looking over christian nationalism and and we're asking these questions you know if if the christian nationalism becomes its idol unto itself and it's not about christ and how we bring christ into it and how we bring scripture right. alive then we have an issue because it's not about Christ anymore; it's about the nationalism, the Christian nationalism, and not so much about Christ. You know, and to me, that's a question. I think you know, as you're listening to this podcast, is how do you see Christ coming to life as you are a citizen of the United States?
1: And I think one thing, Don, that that just making me think about is, I am pretty sure that the majority of people in this nation are not Christians.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so we are dealing with a group of people, we, as such as ourselves, who are Christians, who are trying to say, we want to have Christian principles. Uh-huh. Why should we think that anybody, whether they be Republican or Democrat or, or Green Party or constitutionalists, why should we think that anybody who is not a Christian, who does not profess to follow Jesus Christ, why should we think that they're going to like what we have to say?
0: Uh, yeah,
1: You know, I mean, let's face it. We are getting to be in the minority. And, you know, that doesn't mean that we stop saying what we need to say. But what we want to do is represent Jesus Christ. And I like what you're talking about with Dr. Kreider. You know, a lot of us may not um, be able to have a whole lot of influence in this world, in places in Europe or Africa or Asia or Australia or wherever it might be. But we do have influence where we are. God has placed us where we are. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't go on mission trips like Josh is getting ready to go on. Um, But generally speaking our daily lives are are lived where we know certain people we know certain cultures and within this culture i don't see anything wrong with trying to tr- make this culture reflect jesus christ
0: mm. um and his ways yeah well there there are two things that are happening lately with with this idea one is and i think we can agree probably on both but i think it's easy to agree on the first one is people are telling you to keep your faith in your home and don't bring it into a culture where everybody doesn't have that faith. We we all agree that that's garbage, right? Yes. Um, you should vote. The, the The very idea that you can vote separate from your relationship with Jesus is the most unchristian understanding of of faith that I. If if your faith is number one, if you have surrendered to Jesus, he should tell you how to vote. We, I think I think we agree on that, but we're being told that your faith should stay. So I, I can easily dismiss that message when it comes. And most of the time it's given because they don't like what your faith says, so you shouldn't vote your faith anyway. It's a way to shame you into inaction. So I, my faith should influence my politics. Now, some people will take that to an extreme because we're people of faith, we don't get involved in politics, but I, I don't take it that far. If I'm going to vote, I should vote the way God wants me to vote, first of all. Second thing is they try to shame, which I talked about a little bit, is you shouldn't want your Christian values reflected in a secular government. Um, I don't believe that there's anywhere in the world that would not benefit from having Christian values. Um, Now, if you go for, if you, you, you can take it to an extreme, and this is another example of straw manning where they'll say, you want to force everybody to go to church. No, nobody wants that. What they want is a society and a government that reflects Judeo-Christian values. And they want Christian people to wake up and stand up and say, nobody should shame me for voting for that because it's the best. Now, people may disagree with me, but what does a pastor always say? I say it all the, all the time. Um, you, you are free to disagree with me when I quote scripture and when I live on scripture. And I just want you to know that you are free to be wrong because, <laughs> you know, some of us interpret scripture poorly, but what you're finding in the progressive movement today is not that they're interpreting scripture poorly, is that they're distancing themselves from certain parts of scripture. And I'm saying when you stand on scripture and when you interpret it well, and when you're surrounded by a group of, People that interpret what what you get from that um, is is something that is worth living your life based on whether you're Christian or not. It's not going to save you by living for that, but it's the best way. And so, if I know it's the best way, I should want it in every area of my life, including the government of the land that I love. And, And I want you to know, America is filled with problems. But before every Pelicans game I go to, I stand up and I look at that flag and I just am proud to be an American. And I'm sorry if somebody's offended by that, but boo-hoo. It doesn't mean I worship my country, but it does mean that God put me here. My family's here. my, My friends are here. The churches I've grown up in are here. I love the values that typically we have. I'm worried about our future. This is... Not my church family. It's not to that level, but this is my my country. It's where you so, live. It's well. It's even more than. I mean, it, it's partly that, but it's. I mean, it's my it's my country. These yeah. are my countrymen. I mean, people, this world is here, the, the Bible people, says. This, well, well, right. there are people. There are people I walk around with all the time. They're dying more. That that went to war for me. Why should I not be? Indebted a little bit to that. I mean, there there are people in our church that that went to Vietnam, and you could say, well, it wasn't a just war, or whatever else. I don't care. They went and fought for me, and and for my family, and that I could be raised the way I was. Why why would I not have some attachment to that? It's so goofy that people say this stuff, and it just lets you know that we're all we're about is just minimizing the opposition, making them see re, seem ridiculous, and doing whatever we can, including lying. And, and everything else to, to destroy their position. And we've gotten into some really goofy territory doing it.
2: I think the thing that keeps in my mind is the reality that nothing can take me from my Jesus. Even with that type of minimalism of the Christian faith in our culture, you know, and I think we as Christians need to keep that forefront. Uh, I think number two on my list is I was listening to Josh is you know my my grandparents came from Scotland, so they weren't born here in America. And one of the things that I remember talking to my grandfather about was, well, why didn't you stay in Scotland? Well, first off, sheep are boring. That was his first answer. <laughs> and the second answer is, is because I don't believe in the caste system. You know, if you're born poor, you stay poor. If you're you're locked into a particular place in that society. And he especially saw that in India when he was there. And he says, in America, you can do whatever you want, however you want to better yourself. You can go up the ladder. And he used to always say, people take that for granted in America. They really do. And so, you know, I guess in my mind, looking at the the topic of the this podcast, I keep going back to the reality of, each one of us as Christians need to take responsibility for our place in America. And we
1: need to take responsibility in our entire lives, actually, don't we? And the point I think that we've kind of all touched on is America happens to be where we are. Yeah. And we're here maybe by choice, maybe not, is by your your grandfather's choice that your family is here, Don. And I know that, my my family came here I, I they're they're gone now I can't tell you exactly why they all came to America but uh I will tell you that on my dad's side of the family his sister was born in Italy so my dad was the first one born in this country so I'm actually only a second generation American on on this side um but on that side of the family I should say but that doesn't mean that I hate other places but this is where I am this is where I'm born and I think that. Is gives us a, a place, an opportunity, as Don, you said it so well uh, from your grandfather, that we can have the opportunities to do what, uh, what we're free to do. Freedom. That's the main thing about America is freedom, supposedly. And it bothers me a lot when, because people say we're being Christian nationalists about things, that suddenly our freedoms are starting to be taken away more and more quickly every day. So... I'm glad we still have the freedom to talk about this on this podcast, guys. Um, and it looks like it's time to be um, getting ready to sign off. Any final words that either of you have? I'm good. Okay.
0: No. I think we should end with uh, proud to be an American, though. Yeah. With a song? Uh, I don't know. To be an American? No.
1: Yeah, I know. He, we don't you have, guys we were don't talking have... about it. I,
0: I just want to say um, my uh, – my great-grandpa was a baron in Czechoslovakia. And uh, because he was on in the wrong party at the wrong time, they took his uh, royalty from him, took his home from him and imprisoned him. And um, his family had to flee the country. And uh, they fled to, um, first to Europe and then to America. And um, so you're, you know, I think a lot of people have these, stories and one of the things they say a lot too you know is that we fled to america and found what we were hoping for there and so we want america to stay that kind of thing but then they'll say well america was you know slavery and everything but america ended slavery too um and so we've 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 got a good not a perfect track record i think we're getting worse too but we've got a good track record of trying to be good people um and I think a lot of that comes from our, our forefathers' obsession with Judeo Christian values. And that's just what I want to see return. And everybody has a problem with it. Oh no, it wasn't like that or whatever. I don't care. Um, if if it's the best thing, why would you want any less than that? Um, which is really our culture right now. We're we're an affirming culture. We want people to feel good with what they're doing rather than want the best for them. And um I think that's really what this all comes down to. I want Christian values reflected in my community, in my school. And well, it's not fair because not everybody's like that. I, it's not that I want it because it's fair. It's that I want it because ultimately it's the best and because I love other people and I want them to be in the best system. I also want them, and it's more important that they find Jesus. I, all, all, you know, if we had a horrible system and people found Jesus in it, that would be preferable. But I don't think we have to choose those. Um, so. No, you're you're right,
1: Josh. That's that's the main thing. I I still remember Reverend Gary Jones, one of my mentors, always used to say, "Keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is even if we are." Christian nationalists if people want to label us that way you know what the main thing is christian the main thing i'm a jesus follower and i want people to come to know jesus and i'm hoping that people who hear this podcast um if they don't know jesus if you don't know jesus and you're listening i i want you to know there's no better time than right now to say lord jesus i i do want you to be my lord and savior i do want you to to be in charge of my life and i give you my life now and i trust you with it So Jesus, would you just come into my life and be my God, be my King, let you be in charge. And, you know, if you say that and you mean it with your heart, guess what? Jesus is living within you. And that's such a important thing. There's nothing more important than that. You know, I don't care what system of government you live under. You could be listening to this uh, podcast in Mozambique for all I know, but the the thing is, we're here in the United States. We want to uh, say that we enjoy living in our country. We want what's best for our country. But above all, we want what's best for people. We want people to know Jesus Christ. So with that, of course, I had to be kind of that, uh, that Nazarene in me, pastor, uh, you know, he, kind of he, the altar call. He,
0: yeah. He, real quick, my preference is that all nations would have Christian values that govern them oh absolutely absolutely oh, not just america but yeah. okay no that's right you,
1: you i'm glad you said that josh because that absolutely is right i was just saying that's where we're coming from now so well anyway so josh kugel pastor of first baptist church of lyman in gulfport mississippi and pastor don mcdonald p mac from danforth reformed church danforth illinois And this is Pete Becky, Associate Pastor for Christway Community Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. And I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us today for Reconciling Grace.
0: This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace.